All right, welcome everyone to another installment of The Way It Is. Uh, I'm your host, Luca Andalfato with Remax Service First Realty, and we are extremely fortunate today to have a guest with us, Mr. Mike Salmon, president of LNA Mutual Insurance. Um, Mike is, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to call Mike both a, uh, I guess, a colleague within the industry and, and a friend. And uh, Mike has uh, given us some of his, uh, his time uh, to talk about, uh, again, a very timely subject um, in real estate, uh, even more so though, again, because <laughs> of the crazy things that are happening in our world vis-a-vis uh, -vis the pandemic and other things. Um, we're going to talk about insurance and insuring homes and, and trying to get insurance uh, on properties now and, and risk and all those kinds of things. So, Michael, welcome. Well, thanks, Luca. Thanks for having me this morning, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. All right. So uh, tell our, I'll tell our listeners. So LNA Mutual is, uh, well, I don't know if it's the oldest. It's certainly one of the oldest insurance brokers uh, around. You've been established in Napanee, Ontario since 1876, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So we'll start with LNA Mutual Insurance is the company. So we're, we're not a broker. We, um, we use brokers and uh, uh, agents in our distribution channel, but we're the actual company itself. That provides the insurance coverage. So uh, we were started by farmers in 1876 um, because they couldn't get insurance. So it's an ironic uh, twist of fate that we're talking about this today because um, getting insurance uh, in the in the marketplace where, where you live and and uh, do business is, is getting a little trickier because of the pace of, of the transactions. But we farmers couldn't get insurance outside of Napanee in, in 1876. So they started the, the company. And we have evolved into a residential automobile and farm insurer. We do some small commercial risks as well. So, um, and we're proud that uh, we've continuously been in Napanee since 1876. We're not a subsidiary or a, you know, a, um, a franchise of a larger American-owned or international um, insurer. We're we're the whole company right here in Napanee. Well, that's awesome. And uh, I've seen some photos of, of the, the underway or newly renovated office space. I haven't quite had a chance to visit them yet, but I'm looking forward to that. But the, the photos I saw look pretty good. So that's exciting. Yeah, we're excited about that too. Uh, we bought an old feed mill here in Napanee, right downtown. And uh, we've been renovating it now for almost two years. And uh, we're approaching the finish, um, which has been made difficult for obvious reasons uh, under the last uh, 18 months or so. Um, but we're creeping towards hopefully a, a May move-in date. So that'll be exciting. And I'll send you some more photos of, uh, you know, the updated progress. All right. So on to the, the topic at hand, which, uh, you know, as a realtor, um, in, in normal times or, or when we had the opportunity uh, and even new realtors getting licensed and my two young licensed assistants now, you know, there was always the holy trinity of conditions in an offer. Uh, you had uh, financing, inspection, and getting insurance. And um, so that's uh, gone the way of the dodo in the last 18 or 12 to 13, 15 months because of the uh, uh, because of the craziness in the market, uh, the fact that you know everybody has to step over everybody else to try to get an, uh, get a house and, and buy it without conditions, and so everybody's playing catch up after the fact. Um, 
I know uh, when we we talked briefly about sort of uh, the podcast, uh, we discussed, uh, you know, given that people are now doing this no different than their financing after the dust settles, um, what are, I guess, you know, we talked about a checklist. So maybe let's just start with that. What what kind of checklist should should people, uh, those buying properties now sort of have as a, in the backs of their mind or as a standard sort of to think about when they're doing this? It's a great question, Luca. And, and truthfully, um, I, I suppose consumers should start with the knowledge that insurance companies have a checklist, okay? An immediate need checklist on whether a risk is insurable or not. And so I would, I would recommend that uh, potential home buyers would, would have their own checklist. So the start is to understand that you're going to need insurance for this place that you're buying. <laughs> and it's exciting, you know, when you're buying a house, I've gone through it myself and you're thinking about almost everything. No one thinks about insurance. Let's be blunt. It's, it's, it's not, it's kind of boring. It's not sexy. No, not at all. But, but it's vital. And uh, especially, you know, if you're financing it, uh, you know, with a mortgage, you've got to have it. And um, so these properties come, homeowners should have a checklist. And so that's the start is to just be aware that insurance is not necessarily just a given that, you know, you go to the insurance store and, you know, buy it like it's uh, groceries, right? Um, But the the major uh, factors, I would start with the electrical system of whatever property you're buying. Um, Wiring, whether it's aluminum wiring, whether it's uh, newly renovated, an old house with new wiring is great. Um, whether it's a fuse panel, um, you know, not a lot of companies will even insure a property that has a fuse panel now. Um, so a homeowner should think about those things because those are potential costs, um, subject to, uh, an electrical uh, safety authority inspection. Um, you might have trouble getting insurance bound on a property and, and everything else could look great about the place. Um, so I would start with electrical systems. They're, um, uh, on the insurance company's checklist at the top. So yes. I would I would say home home buyers should think about that. Heating system would be next. Um, insurance companies want to know what the fuel source is. Is it oil heat? Is it natural gas? Electric? Um, is there a, a wood burning appliance in it? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're worried about primary heat sources. Um, and that might apply more to a, a rural property, um, but not always. Some older homes, even in, in you know, uh, urban centers will be electric heat. Um, these impact the decisions that insurance companies make when they're considering uh, a risk. And, um, you know, those come with, uh, for example, oil tanks. You're going to need uh, a TSSA inspection, um, relying on one that the, the listing uh, agent or, or selling uh, vendor, you know, has. Um, that's not going to be adequate if it's more than even 12 months old. Um, and wood burning appliances, of course, you're gonna need a wet inspection. Yeah. Um, and the insurance companies, not just LA Mutual, but any insurance company, they're gonna want these confirmations that everyone's safe, that the, that the house is uh, um, insurable. Yeah. And you know, insurance companies, sometimes they, they get, um, uh, you know, a bad reputation because, you know, oh, the, the insurance companies don't wanna do this. And, we want people to be safe in their houses. We don't want you to buy a house and move in and have it burned down on you, right? So, so yes, we're protecting ourselves, but we're protecting the homeowner as well. So it's just good to get in front of these things. Right? Um, 
water. We're going to, we were going to talk about climate change. I, I, you know, yeah, look, we, we know um, because next on the checklist is, is water exposure. Are you buying a place on a river, on a waterfront, on a lake? Um, are you buying a place in a low lying area where we, we know there's been prior flood activity before? Uh, if you are, you could have trouble uh, obtaining um, flood insurance Yeah, uh, for your water protection. So these are important considerations uh, in the marketplace today when you're, when you're trying to, you know, you're bidding on properties and it, it's moving literally by the hour. Yeah. And, and so maybe I'll, I'm just going to jump in there for a second. And, and for uh, people listening or, or watching, um, you know, there was a bunch of acronyms that got thrown out there and I'm not, I, I'm going to try to sort of describe them, but, you know, because uh, I've sold properties with aluminum wiring and there's a whole section of Kingston's West End known as Bay Ridge that were all built in the seventies and with aluminum wiring because it was cheaper then. Uh, and, and, it, and I'm just going to clarify here because I, I say this to every client. There is absolutely nothing wrong with aluminum wiring as a product uh, to wire a home. The issue became that when people bought these homes, uh, started doing renovations, introducing copper into the home and marrying the two. And then unfortunately issues became because they weren't uh, done correctly in terms of meriting them together or joining them together either at the panel or inside the home. And that unfortunately, of course, somewhere in the US, uh, it led to uh, arcing or a spark, caused a fire. And then next thing you know, everything you know gets flows through from that. And, and now it becomes a, an issue. And the ESA is the Electrical Safety Authority, which is the governing body in Ontario that goes and does these inspections to make sure that um, if the house does have aluminum wiring, that um, if there's any deficiencies, they need to be corrected. Now, the issue with the COVID and, and buying houses, like you say, um, at breakneck speed, I don't even know if the ESA is actually, I know last year they weren't even conducting uh, physical inspections anymore because of COVID. Uh, I'm not sure if that's, I'm going to guess now, given the lockdown shutdown, that that's not happening either. So um, now I know and I don't know if LNA does this or what other uh, insurers are doing, but I thought there was a time when, and I know I'm going to digress for a bit, but we will get back, that if you know someone came to you, I bought my place, it's got aluminum wiring, um, and you said, okay, we'll underwrite it, but you've got 30 days to correct it, and then and we'll still, so we're still going to bind you, cover you, but you got 30 days to go in and change or make the do the repairs or whatever. Sure. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm only uh, going to speak on behalf of LNA Mutual Insurance, but the industry um, at large, um, that, that's been a bit of a moving target um, because when you, when you go to underwrite a risk, LNA Mutual, we're in a luxurious position of making all the decisions right here. Right. In Abney. Some companies, their underwriting department is in another city somewhere. Right. And so the computer says yes or no. And they call it black box uh, underwriting yep. process. And, and so a lot of consumers could get, you know, could run into that situation where suddenly everything was fine and now it's not. And, oh, why? Well, we, we discovered you've got aluminum wiring and our black box says we're not insuring aluminum wiring risk. Right. So um, at LNA Mutual, we have the opportunity to say to a client, yeah, you know what, it's, uh, you know, we've discovered this and we're going to give you 60 days, 90 days, whatever the case may be. And that's an ex example uh, would be our uh, fuse panels. Okay. Uh, not a lot of insurance companies will even do fuse panels uh, hmm. any longer. Um, 
we like to give people the opportunity to say, you know, these are these are old uh, panels and it's in everyone's best interest, including the homeowner, to get them changed to breakers. We'll work with you. We'll give you 90 days or, you know, whatever the case may be. But yes, um, under the COVID uh, lockdowns and inspections are down, uh, people don't want inspectors in their homes. We respect that. You know, that's yeah. understandable. And so there is a backlog. And there's a lot of people taking these, uh, you know, there's not a backlog in the real estate world. Um, there's a backlog in all kinds of other places. And sooner or later, these issues are going to surface. Yeah. Six months from now, 12 months from now, a lot of people are going to be, you know, getting letters saying, we want to see your wood stove because we don't have a certificate saying that it meets code. Right. And you, and you touched on something else too, back with the aluminum wiring, those codes are a moving target. Yeah. So, so what was okay when the, the selling uh, uh, homeowner had their wet stove put in might not be okay anymore. Technology changes and the code changes and expectations change and safety changes. So, yeah. so it's not, it's not unusual for the new homeowner, the purchaser to run into these issues and the, and the, and the, the seller is saying, well, we've never had a problem before. Why, why would you now? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And then just, uh, I'll, I'll finish off though. So, and wet meaning it was a wood energy technical transfer certificate, which I think that's what it stands for, which is any wood burning appliances. So a wood stove wood insert in a fireplace, anything like that. And then TSSA is the technical Safety Standards Association for those oil-fired um, things. Now, the, the fortunate thing I'm seeing, uh, at least in my uh, recent experiences in the in the country, we've been showing a lot of waterfront selling, a lot of rural stuff now because everybody's migrating out of the larger urban centers to the waterfront, is um, most people are flipped to propane, which is encouraging. So it's a gas source, It's it's uh, and you don't have to worry about oil tanks or the age of an oil tank um, because that was a moving target too several years ago where some insurers say well if it's not if it's older than 10 years we're not gonna you got to replace it if it's older than 15 years you got to replace it and, and you know all that kind of stuff right and that's a great point Luca because it's still a, a bit of a moving target on oil tanks and uh, oil fired um, furnaces um, very few insurers, will even insure a property with, with an oil tank on it anymore. Yeah, wow. It's, um, and, and propane is so much safer. I, I, I handled claims in the insurance industry for 17 years. I handled far too many oil spills and I can promise you, nobody wants to live through an oil spill law. I, I, I've heard of some of them firsthand. Absolutely, yeah. They're nothing but a nightmare. And so, yeah, but it's a great example though, of when, when you're buying at breakneck speed, and you love everything about a property, but it's got an oil tank, that's going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. And so as far as the checklist goes, that's fine. As long as the, the consumer understands sooner or later, it's going to be an issue. Yeah. That's kind of the purpose of our conversation today is if, if clients would just think about that before they would, they would avoid a lot of shock yeah. and, and stress after the fact. So let's go on to the to the also the very large <laughs> insurance uh, uh, red flag, which is uh, water seepage, uh, as it's known. Because I know over the last several years, uh, with the inordinate amount of rainfall we've had, and I can track back to the September of 
I think it was 2015, we had that torrential downpour for like an hour and we had 100 millimeters of rain in an hour and people's basements that never had water before had water. And, and, and you know, so we'll segue into that, you know, climate change and what's causing these sort of uh, unpredictable weather patterns and stuff. But I know, uh, you know, and I obviously I'll let you speak for LNA, but I know insurers are backing off of this sort of carte blanche while your basement flooded where you're covered, right? So... Yeah, uh, so let, let's start with just information I received this morning um, from the Insurance Bureau of Canada, okay? okay? And they kind of oversee the entire insurance industry and provide us with statistics. $2 billion a year in catastrophic weather-related losses in Canada. Wow. $2 billion a year every year. <laughs> so it, it's not, remember the ice storm back in the 90s? They sure do. 50, a once in 50 year event. That's not the way anymore. Climate change has brought us to a place now where it's predictable. It's, it's $2 billion a year. And sometimes it's going to be wind storms. Sometimes it's going to be, you know, the, the large uh, brush fires, right? These massive fires. Yeah. In where, where we live, most of the time, it's going to be flood activity. So the reason insurance companies are, are, are changing their position uh, on, on flood coverage water damage is it's not a sudden and accidental event anymore hmm. it's predictable okay oh so, and so it's becoming very expensive in some places and unavailable in others so that's something that consumers should think about on their checklist um i have it um third in terms of of importance if, if you're on a river or you, you live on waterfront uh which is you know highly desirable properties you might have a hard time getting water damage coverage, flood coverage, right? Um, or it could be very expensive. Yeah. Fair game if you know it in, in advance, right? Um, if it's part of the cost of having those beautiful properties, then that's that's a, a decision. A lot of times consumers don't think about that until after. And they've got a low-lying property 50 feet from a beautiful dock on a waterfront somewhere. It's not inconceivable that that's, that's going to flood. Right. And so um, in terms of where we live, most of it is, is heavy rainfall, where we used to have, you know, in the spring, the last couple snowfalls, now we're getting hard rains yeah. fall. in the fall, you know, or even into the winter, sometimes well into, you know, by Christmas, it's still only, it's rain. And so the water, the water tables are, are higher and people have basements that have never had water in them for 50 years and they flood. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the moral of the story on, on water exposure? People need to have conversations with their insurance professional. You need to talk to your agent or your broker and say, I should know this already, but I need to know what kind of water coverage I have. If I'm fully covered, wonderful. If it's not available, why, how much is it? What are the limits? Um, because it is the most common form of loss. Uh, it's uh, surpassed wind. Yeah. Well, two things. Uh, one, speaking about uh, unpredictable weather patterns. I mean, it was just in March, like three or four weeks ago. I, I know I was, sadly, because I'm a horrible sleeper, but there was that massive thunderstorm in, in March. Like whoever, I, I certainly don't remember a thunderstorm and it was violent, like, <laughs> really violent, highly electrical, you know, massive lightning, massive cracks. And I'm going, what? Like it just, 
you know, it's a bit of an oddity, right? Um, and then the point being though, and, and I'm glad you raised it, uh, because people don't ask those questions. They don't read the fine print because no one does. We all know that. Um, I bet you there's a lot of, I bet you a majority of the people insured now presume maybe they've got coverage and really don't. Don't have a rider for this, for, you know, seep for water, for this, for that, right? Absolutely. And, and if you don't read the fine print, sometimes there, there are fixed limits. Sometimes those limits can be low, uh, too low for a consumer. Um, but again, at the outset, this is something you think about before you do the real estate transaction, right? Um, because you can find out from your insurance professional, hey, is this in a red zone where I can't get flood coverage? I need to know that. Um, but again, like you, you referenced earlier, the pace of play in the real estate world, people are taking risks they don't normally take. It, the other thing that started to concern me in the, in the insurance world, and um, I, I'm, I'm not going to single out uh, anyone insure, um, but there's those large franchises, you know, that have ads on TV. Uh, and a lot of people are insured by them. You actually used to work at one of them. And, um, you know, and, and then even lenders got into it. TD has an insurance package for, it was big with Queens. They hitched their wagon in with Queens. And I know a lot of, uh, I dealt with a lot of staff and, and people employed at Queens that I said, who's you going to be your insurance agent? And they said, well, we deal through TD Monex or whatever it was and stuff like that. So my, my concern was that they always felt everybody, and unfortunately it's just the way of the world, it was all about the cost of the premium. And if it was a cheap premium, then that's where I'm going to go. And the old adage, you get what you pay for. And <laughs> the cheapest premium, not necessarily the best, the best policy. We agree with that at LNA Mutual Insurance. I, I mean, um, our mandate is for our agents to have a discussion with our policyholders once a year. It might be two minutes. We already know the house. We all, you've been with us for a long time. Have you changed anything? Did you, you know, add anything special in your life that we need to know about? Or it could be, wow, um, you put a new pool in. That's a risk. You know, there's all kinds of uh, reasons to have these good conversations. In today's world, the reasons are highly significant. Yeah. Um, water exposure is a great example. In the industry, there's lots of variations in coverage. There's lots of limits. You might be paying a lot of money for it and not even know. So we believe in the value added of having those conversations. I, I think that's, I, I applaud that. I think that's fantastic. I, I just spoke with a client last week about a family properties, the trustee. And, you know, it had knob and some maybe potentially some knob and tube still active. It had some asbestos wrap around some old boiler pipes. It had, you you know, the, the, the alarm bells were going off and I was going like, who's got this covered? Do, do you have insurance on this place? And do they know about these things? <laughs> you know, I was happy for him to say, yes, they do. And yes, it is covered. Uh, but, you know, but it was probably a big premium too, you know. Um, but you're right. Those things, they change. And people will say, well, you know what? I finished my basement. I'm going to put in a, I've always wanted a wood stove. I'm going to insert a wood stove. And then they do it without even thinking about it, right? And then something, sadly, you know, not that you 
want anything tragic to happen, but something happens and then next thing you know, they're left, literally left stranded. Well, and that's the business we're in. Like nobody wants anything bad to happen to anyone. But if something does, you know, bad does happen to somebody, we want to be able to step up and say, you, you, we've had these discussions. There's nothing for you to worry about. And, and we're going to look after you right now. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. the whole point. And so from the back to your checklist, consumers need to think about um, water exposure because it's such a common type of loss. Yeah. And there's, there's things in the home that you can do. You can have really good sump pumps in your sump pit, an extra one. Uh, you can, you know, um, address exterior issues, uh, your downspouts and things like that. Some of those losses are unavoidable. When you talk about those, the, those rain events, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's where you need to have the coverage and you need to know in advance you've got it and then yeah. you're in good shape. Um, for your, for your clients to distance from emergency services, we're talking about fire hall. Ah, okay. Right. It yep. doesn't necessarily make you uninsurable if you live in a rural area that's, you know, you can in the middle of nowhere. Um, some of those are the nicest risks, right? Um, but it impacts your rate. It impacts the cost of your insurance. Yeah. So if you're a new home buyer or if you're considering moving out of the city and into, into the country somewhere, just something to think about because insurance companies look at that. Yeah, good point. Good point. In fact, the joke was every time we saw a property that had a fire hydrant on the lawn, we always said, jokingly said to the client, hey, your insurance might che rate might be cheaper because you got the fire hydrant right on the lawn. So, And, you know, the industry kind of moves around in terms of distances from the fire hall, in terms of specifics. Um, but once you get out past 15 kilometers from a fire hall, your your rates start going up the yeah. way you get. That stands to reason. The consideration is probably yeah. not a deal breaker for most home buyers, but it's something on the checklist to at least consider. Um, wind losses go with uh, climate change. Yeah. Um, we're seeing more wind events, Oof. Yeah. bursts, um, wind storms. Um, so I would say if you're buying a new home or, or, or you're changing residence, right? It's not necessarily all new homes, but you're, you're, you're moving. The, the condition of the roof is something an insurance company is, is interested in now. Maybe they weren't in the eighties, whatever your roof is, whatever it is. We're interested now. Yeah. Um, because it goes with the predictability yes. uh, of loss. And if you've got a, if you've got a 20 year old roof, those shingles are going to blow off because we know yeah. we're getting more wind storms and they're, the, the wind is faster and stronger. So that's something to think about for a home buyer, um, which sounds obvious, but again, it's on this checklist. And when you get caught up in the emotional, I want Absolutely. that house, some yeah. of these things, you know, slip under the radar. Yep. Well, another thing people don't think about Luca, um, unusual liability exposures. So these would be, these would be homes. Maybe you, maybe you never had a pool before. Right. Right. And now you're buying a house and it's got a pool that comes with liability exposure that you're not, that you're not accustomed to. Right. Um, some homes have, are, are built on beautiful on the sides of cliffs. Yeah. Use right. And you've got walkways going down to the waterfront, the railings and the supports and the stairs. That's a huge liability exposure. Yeah. So again, not necessarily a, a deal breaker or making things uninsurable. It's just something to think about from from your client's perspective yeah no good points before they get involved in things like that. yep decking oh you got a, a beautiful house but the deck looks like it's 50 years old could collapse i mean 
these are legitimate issues <laughs> that people skirt over in the throes of bidding of a bidding war. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I would have well, those things on the checklist. Especially coming out of COVID when the decks are going to be jammed with people <laughs> crowding around having parties. So you want to make sure they're structurally sound. That's Well, there, there's always that. But uh, I, just, I just spoke to a CEO of another mutual in Eastern Ontario, and they experienced a lot of snow load damage. Back ah. heavy, wet snow load. And so you've got outbuildings collapsing, stairs, you know, coming off the sides of properties, decks collapsing. Again, you don't, you don't want to make the, the process completely unenjoyable for the homeowner or the home buyer, but there are at least considerations to, to check off the box. Yeah, no, no. Another one that people won't think about, I know you would because of your experience in the real estate game, building code upgrades. Yeah. Insurance policies, some do, some don't, um, have coverage for building code upgrades. Why would that be important? A lot of people are buying old houses in, the, in uh, you know, farmhouses and in rural locations and renovating them. Yeah. Okay. If you have a loss and you need to do a repair and it needs to meet code, it could cost a substantial amount of money to bring that up to code. Yeah. Some of these homes built, you know, even before 1975 yeah. um, would take significant improvements to meet today's codes. Some policies have that, some don't. So that's a question, homeowners, if you're going to be renovating an old place and making it beautiful into your dream home, you need coverage for that. Uh, yeah. a, loss, a loss wouldn't protect you if, unless it's specifically indicated in the policy. Well, and, that, and that's probably a good segue into, because we talked about this and this was something you wanted to discuss, replacement costs and given what's happening in the world with the cost of materials and the ability to, to in the event of a loss, get people back to square one, right? Absolutely. So we're seeing a huge spike right now in building material costs. And so somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40% in, in some industries. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't had a conversation with your insurance professional about how much coverage you have on your existing home, it's time to do that because I don't want to see anybody underinsured. Right. Yeah. Yes. I, nobody wants to see anyone a hundred, two hundred thousand $200,000 light on their coverage. Yeah. Stuck with a big problem. Now in the industry, we have something called guaranteed rebuilding clause. Okay which is a nice little additional insurance blanket that uh, consumers can avail themselves to if your property qualifies for guaranteed rebuilding cost. So that's helpful because it theoretically absorbs that additional cost. But we've been talking about rural properties. We've been talking about properties outside of, uh, you know, uh, fire hall distances, not all properties qualify for the guaranteed rebuilding cost. Hmm. So back to the conversation with your insurance professional, does this property that I'm about to buy qualify? Can I get guaranteed replacement cost on this property? If not, why? And how much coverage do I need to be accurate then? So question, because I, I actually don't know the answer to this, and now's a good time for me to find out after all these years. Um, you know, owning my own properties and having my own home now. 
How does that value, replacement value, get established? Is that something the Insurance Bureau of Canada establishes in terms of a formula? Where does that come from? So the insurance companies use software programs based on the actual risk, the square footage, the type of materials in, you know, in, in play. And it provides us with a rebuild cost for that specific home, that specific risk. Now, you build in some additional uh, coverages to give you a little bit of uh, forgiveness because mm -hmm. of price fluctuations. The problem is in the last 18 months, these software programs can't keep up with the inflationary impact. Yeah, yeah. So we always put inflationary uh, increases on, you know, to match the cost of materials. And, and uh, but I would say in the last... 12 to 18 months, you're looking at 40% more to build the same house as it was pre-COVID. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going through with the builder right now. Absolutely. So if you have a home that doesn't have that guaranteed rebuild cost endorsement on the policy, you better make sure that you've got the right number, the right calculation on the rebuild. And again, that's as simple as having a conversation with a professional. This is... The, this is why this is a wonderful uh, opportunity, this, uh, this podcast today, because people need to think about these things before it becomes a, cr a crisis, not after. Yeah, no, no, it's too late after. There's no question about it. Absolutely. So. so, and your insurance professional should be looking at that number for you every year to make sure you have enough coverage. And, and it can be confusing because in the marketplace today, it's not what you paid for the house. It's what it's going to cost to rebuild it. Correct. Sometimes at the consumer level, that's not always obvious for them. That's, that's a distinction that they don't necessarily care about or understand. Right. And the truth is you just need to be accurate on what it's going to cost to put that house back up for you. Yes. And it, it's, it's worth being on a checklist. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And, um, so I, I would say, you know, in addition to the building code upgrades, um, having enough coverage uh, or making sure that you have uh, the ability to put the house back you want to put back, heaven forbid you had a large loss. Yeah. Um, I worry for a lot of Canadians right now who might not have enough coverage. Uh, you know, I, I, you took the words out of my mouth. I, I would, I would, I dare say it has a guess that most Canadians are underinsured. Um, depending on the geography. Yeah. Graphic and where they got their insurance and how often they talk to their insurance professional, many will be covered under a guaranteed replacement cost provision. Marvelous. Yeah. I worry about the 20, 25% of properties that don't qualify. That's still a lot of Canadians yeah. who haven't thought about it in five years yeah. and might be, might be 25% light on coverage just in inflation, plus the 30% of the COVID impact. They could be 50% light easy. And yeah. so we, we want to reach out to those people. And new new clients of yours need to think about that when they're buying that beautiful rural property. Yeah. What, what kind of coverage does it qualify for? So I know, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you, you, you know, you touched on the fact that, you know, weather patterns are now more in terms of the insurer's eyes are, are becoming predictable risks and, and things that they think about. But I know, wasn't there always a clause in every policy about this 
act of God or some kind of, you know, like you said, one in 50 or one in a hundred year uh, natural disaster or whatever. So is that essentially getting taken out and re yeah, that's a, that's a bit, um, the coverage is now the policies available in the marketplace um, are very uh, inclusive and, in, and all encompassing policies. Okay. Okay. Which is a good thing for Canadians. Yeah. We, we want that. We don't want them getting, you know, caught in this clause and this exclusion and that exclusion. Um, so weather related losses, wind, flooding, right? The vast majority of them are covered. Okay. Okay. What we're talking about though, is the disaster circumstance where someone isn't covered. Yeah. Those are the ones we hear about. Those are the ones that make the, the papers, right? And, and, and we don't want those. So I would say losses from weather, losses from climate change are more predictable. Right. But, but not necessarily the weather itself. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I, would, I, would, I would just under the umbrella of if you have these conversations with your insurance professional, whether it be an agent or a broker, you're going to alleviate a lot of these concerns. The difficulty from your end this morning is there's not a lot of time to do that in the market these days. Yeah. So my recommendation is get this checklist before you start offering money on houses. Make these considerations before so that you can in real time at least check the boxes. 100%. Yeah, no, no, really good information. And 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 uh, if there are realtors that watch this podcast, and I think there might be, uh, you know, I think this is beneficial for everybody. So um, a couple more. Do you have time for a couple more? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, so yeah. listen, one other thing um, that is so important, and that is usage of the house. Okay. We call it occupancy, but usage, is this a house that's going to be under renovation? That requires a different coverage. Mm -hmm. Is this a house that's going to be under virtually complete construction, right? Almost a new build or a new build. That's a different policy entirely. Right. Are you buying this as a rental property? Yes. Okay. A lot of that going on. Yep. So that requires a different policy as well. So clicking a box on the internet and, and obtaining coverage and not disclosing those pertinent pieces of information can be can lead to disaster. Yeah. Well, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go. Well, no, it's just, it's something for both the real estate agent and the buyer to consider in advance. Well, and, and I was going to, go off on the tangent of investment rental properties. Cause uh, you know, I, I operate a property management company and I own them myself and deal a lot with landlords and, and I'm selling investment properties. And um, you know, I always made sure I had riders for loss of income, uh, which isn't a common thing. I don't think as far as I'm not sure now if that's changed and that's more encompassing as well. But um, you know, uh, again, uh, like you said, you, you try to get uh, a run of the mill or sort of a, 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 an all coverage policy from, you know, out there in the world or from one of these franchises. It may not necessarily have all of the things that you want that you want with, with regards to a rental property. And I'm, I'm going to guess, too, we might as well now we won't, won't spend a lot of time of it. But this whole Airbnb phenomenon in short term rentals, I'm sure that's become a risk or more of a risk. It, it is, and there are very excellent specific packages to address 
Airbnb and, and short-term rentals. Okay. You have to ask for those coverages, right? And you have to have those conversations. And to, to relate this back to the, the COVID situation, um, in, in terms of uh, uh, use, usage or, or occupancy, so many people now are going to be working from home. Yeah. So many people now are going to be working from home permanently or at, at the very least part-time, half-time. So if you're, if you're uh, operating a commercial enterprise yep. home, that is not in the spirit of a residential insurance policy. Okay. So it's very important for people listening to your podcast to understand that this move to work from home is a wonderful thing. Protect yourselves, get yourself a commercial policy so that you have coverages because there are exclusions in a normal, regular residential insurance policy for business operations. Right. So something to think about. Uh, You know what? That, didn't cross my mind, and that's fantastic that you brought that up. Actually, because that's that is the new way of the world. No this checklist about. isn't that isn't that bad of a thing, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. I'm going to get you to email it to me when we're done. You know that, right? So. Absolutely. So, so listen. The last thing I had on the list, and it, it is related to the business uh, or commercial use of working from home, and that is cyber insurance ah. or cyber crime. So, if you're going to have a business and you're going to be transactionally operating out of your house and sharing personal information of clients or customers taking payments, you need cyber coverage. Wow. Specialty market. It's not included in a standard operating residential policy. And if someone hacks your computer, right. And steals data, you're in trouble. Yeah. And it's uh, the, the ramifications of that can be, devastating and incredibly expensive yeah okay so i would say on the checklist i had it last but under the covid circumstance with people working from home it might creep up in the list a little bit um is if if you're if you're entertaining working from home and using a computer in your house to transfer digitally information for for other people you need that kind of coverage Wow, that's a conversation you have with your your agent or your broker, and uh, and there's great companies out there that do that kind of insurance, and um, it, it's worth every penny. Mike, that's uh, you know what, and I think that's probably a, a good place to end it. And uh, those are uh, very timely and very thoughtful, and I appreciate you taking the time to make that checklist. And I definitely want you to email it to me, and uh, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we made. Uh, a pretty unsexy uh, topic, pretty exciting and pretty interesting for sure. So I want to thank you for your time and, and, and everything that you've told us today. Well, it was, it was a pleasure. And um, if there's ever anything LNA Mutual can do for you, just reach out to us. Well, and I'm, I'm never bashful of, uh, of uh, um, giving shout outs to those that att- are my guests on, uh, on podcasts. So anybody listening, absolutely give Mike a call or give LNA a call uh, for sure. So Thanks, Mike. All right, you take care, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Take care. Bye for now. Okay, okay. bye.